Hey everyone, this is Jess and Rachel, and today we're going to talk about seeking God in the midst of trials. So, do you know any examples in the Bible of a trial? So the first story that comes to mind when you ask that question was the story about this woman named Ruth. Um, and Ruth was this woman from Moab, and she met this man who was from Bethlehem in Judah. And so she married him and moved with his family and to live in their land. Um, and then all of a sudden, when she moved there, her father-in-law, her husband, and her brother-in-law all died. Um, so then she was left with her mother-in-law, Naomi, and her sister-in-law, and she was away from home. She just lost her partner, her life partner, and all of a sudden she doesn't have her parents. She doesn't have her sisters and brothers. She is pretty much all alone with the exception of Naomi and of her sister-in-law, which is just really sad. So Jess, could you think of another story in the Bible where someone's going through a trial? Um, Actually, I can. Yeah. Tell me Jesus. You know that guy, Jesus? I've heard of him a time or two. Jesus went through many trials, but this one is in Luke. It's the temptation of Jesus. So it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 13, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Wow. Dang. So what I really like about that story um, is that you see Jesus really as human. Yeah. I like that, you know, you see Jesus interacting with Satan like we interact with Satan. Satan being like, hey, God said that, but like, that's not true. You could do this. And I think that it's really yeah. important for us to know that Jesus was experiencing human things. So what I really liked in the story was how, again, I didn't like it, but a part that stood out to me was the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. And it's kind of like he's mocking Jesus, yeah. which happened also when he was on the cross, when they were saying, why can't you just bring yourself down? Yeah. Like, if you're the son of God, you can do anything. Just save yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't his purpose to come and just be like, oh yeah, well here, like I did it. So then Jesus answers, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And I love that because obviously that's what is being done. Yeah, like even though <clears throat> Jesus is going through this trial and the devil is like, hey, you can do yeah. this. Like, don't put the word of God to yeah. the test. You know what? I think that's really important, especially as we think about going through trials. Like, be like, hey, God, if you're the God, why don't you just stop everything? And it's kind of like, hey, don't 
don't question it yet. Wait to see what's going to happen. Wait to see yeah. the ways that God's going to work in this. And I think that we can see that also, like, in our own stories of trial and triumph, you know? Yeah. It's so crazy because he literally could have done these things. Like, sorry, I'll go. <laughs> um, like, especially, like, it always hits me that the part where he says that when he's on the cross, like, just bring yourself down, like, and he could have, but that wasn't his purpose. Like, that wasn't the plan. Yeah. Um, so, I think we should talk about some of our own trials. I think that would probably be a good idea because, you know, we go through stuff too. We do. Do you want to start? I'll start. Yeah. Um, so one thing for me was I I was baptized Catholic. I was raised Catholic for a little while. Um, and then I we kind of stopped going to the Catholic church. And I went to a really big church around here. Um, mm-hmm. And I was super involved for probably like five years. Um, and that's really where I grew a lot as far as like reading the Bible, worship. So it was a really good experience. But... It ended sort of like on not so great of a note. And right after that was when I went to college. So I think I was about 20. And then I stopped going to church, like, period. Like, I never didn't believe in God. I can never say I have not believed in God. But it was really hard because I wanted to be in church, but I didn't have one. Mm-hmm. I was in a different state because I went to college in Arizona. And I had my friends were all Christians, but it was just a really hard time where I would pray to God and I would want to like be involved like I was but I never had like that place this church that I was going to was pretty heavy on invite your family invite your friends like bring your friends to know God bring your family to know Jesus and my parents I mean were Christians but I really wanted them to be involved in this church and it was just not their thing um but I prayed so many times for them to come and then it wasn't until about we found charity started coming and my parents both walked Emmaus and it was at my mom's like dinner after she um, had finished her walk. And it just hit me like all those times I had prayed for my family to come to church, it had finally happened. It was just not like in my time and where I wanted it because I always wanted it to be then and there. But even though it was six years down the road and I had gone through this time of like uncertainty, it had happened. And I really think it's because like I never lost that like baseline faith. Like although I wasn't, sure what I was doing or like where it was going. I was like, I know like God is here for me. Like I know eventually things will come to fruition if I believe that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think that you can really see God walking with you through it. So even though like yeah. <clears throat> this church didn't work out and you had this period of uncertainty, you could see God working with you. And in the end, you like have this church now that, yeah. Your whole family is a part of, and you're stronger together in that. And yeah, you work here now and have a job yeah. educating our children so that one day they have that face so that yeah. we can they can walk through trials and have the same experiences you do where you come out much stronger than before. Yeah, and I think sure. that's a perfect example of seeing that work in trials. It was great. I'm super thankful to be here, and yeah, all my family's involved now. and it's truly an answer prayer and it really hit me that night. I was like, oh my gosh, like it, God answered my prayer. Well, yeah, that's awesome. That's good. So what about you? What about me? <clears throat> well, let me think of one. I think that this is more recent. Um, not that Jess is recent, hers is really recent. <laughs> um, but more recent for me. Um, so I 
grew up in charity. I've been here since we started going to church here, which is in like 2005. Um, wow. So we've been here a long time. <laughs> Can't get rid of us. Um, <laughs> but so I always had this community that was really close knit and really loved each other. And I always felt important here um, because all the adults made me feel that way. <clears throat> so then I went to college. Um, and I'm not a huge outgoing person. Like, it's definitely gotten better as I've gotten older. I'm just a little shy. Yeah. A little shy girl. Um, but because I was shy, I tended to not be adventurous when, like, especially my first few weeks of college, I wasn't very adventurous in meeting people because I was just nervous. Yeah. Because I had lived in a close-knit community my whole life, and I just transitioned into Harrisonburg, Virginia, and had no idea. Yeah about anything or anyone. So um, I was involved in a Christian community on campus, um, but I didn't get involved like within those first two weeks. Um, and within those first two weeks, it was when they put together all the small groups. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> once I got involved by the middle of September, everybody already had their group of friends. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to be hanging out with high school people forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and my roommate, because I just didn't know anybody else. Um, yeah. Which I created friendships um, slowly. But um, I felt really lonely, especially in that first year. I was like, I feel like I haven't really like found my, my, my place yet. I don't feel like anyone desires to know me for who I am yet. Um, and then miraculously, um, some weird, and this is definitely God working and I'm not even going to try to question it. I met this girl in one of my classes and she came one day and she was like, Hey, me, could you please pray? Me and my two friends are trying to find a fourth person to live with and I can't, we can't find anybody. I'm like, well, I want to move off campus next year. And I, like you as a friend, like. I would be willing to live with you. And she was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that'd be awesome. So like that weekend we went and toured an apartment, signed a lease that day. Wow. And the girl who ended up being, who invited me, ended up transferring. So it was me with two girls I didn't know and one of their friends from their small group. And I was like, oh crap, I'm right where I started. Oh my gosh. I like don't have, any, like I don't have anybody again. Yeah. Um, but miraculously, um, those two girls that I originally signed loose with, Shannon and Amy, have become my very, very best friends. Aww. And they really gave me a place of belonging in college that I feel like I had been missing in that other Christian community. Um, because they were involved with a different like campus ministry than I was. Um, but they always made me feel known and feel like I had a place with them no matter where they were no matter what group of friends they were with I always had a place with them Aww. and I was in Shannon's wedding last August um I talked to Amy for three hours a couple weeks ago like they are the best thing that have ever happened to me and like that is absolutely God taking my my hurt and my trial and making it something strong. And like, I know that those two are my best friends forever. Like I'm never going to have friends like them again. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so much genuine joy with them and there's always yeah. a place for me with them. And I never feel like other and I never feel like I don't belong with them. Yeah. Which That's is amazing. 
oh my gosh, life-changing. Yeah. And you don't ever know what that feels like until you have it. That's so true. I feel like that at ASU too because my two roommates who became like my best friends also, um, not the engaged one, she was, she lived in a different place maybe. Because um, she's from Arizona, mm-hmm. so she didn't live on campus. Right. Um, and we're from, I'm from Virginia obviously, my friend Izzy's from New York, and then my friend Savannah's from Texas. Mm-hmm. And it was just so crazy, like we were all put together randomly in an apartment, and they became my best friends. Yeah. So it's kind of a similar story where God's got you when you feel like he might know it. Yeah, he, he definitely takes weakness and makes it something so much stronger yeah. and greater. And, like, even though we went through those trials and it felt awful, like, it felt awful to feel like you didn't have a place, and it felt yeah. awful to feel like you were falling away from a community that you needed, but yeah. God made it so much stronger in the end, and I think that that's such a beautiful yeah. picture of him. That's so true. It, this is really, like, the perfect fit. Like, it was meant to be here. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of come back to the story of Ruth because it's kind of like that too. So once Ruth loses everyone she knows and loves, she still has Naomi. And because the other sister-in-law went off and went home to who she was with before, but Ruth's like, no, you're my family now. Naomi, you're you're my mother now. You're my family. Um, And she ends up meeting this man named Boaz who was able to provide for her incredibly and they end up having a son and that begins the line of Jesus but God took that weakness with Naomi and Naomi supported her and encouraged her all the way along and God carried them and God guided them through and in the end they were blessed with this family and with this opportunity that nobody else would have been able to give them that came solely from God yeah um and began the the line the familial lineage of Jesus. Yeah. Um, so who was her son? Uh, her son. You always stay learning. Obed. She knows this, but you know. It's Obed, and then Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David. Okay, there we go. We're getting there. There we go. Uh, always we're learning. learning. <laughs> you are. Um, we all are. But I, I think that I mean, we relate a lot to stories about women in the Bible because we are women ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing the way that God walked with Ruth and Naomi through this was a really beautiful picture of what God does with us all the time. Yeah. Kind of like we just shared here. Yeah. So we're going to read a couple verses from James that I think really tie together what we've been talking about with trials and temptations. Um, this is James chapter 1, verse 2 through 3, and it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers or sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Yeah, so kind of like we talked about when we were going through those trials, I know that I was like, do I even want to be in a community like that? Yeah. That makes me feel other. But through that, God gave me a certain sense of perseverance to find something that is from Him, and that did provide that for me. Yeah. And He did that through Shannon and Amy. Yeah. And really gave me that that strength to keep continuing through. Yeah, and I think for me, it was that like little voice, like it was so it was kind of almost random, like when we were like we should find another church, but it was just always in the back of my mind, like I was still like talking, I was still praying, I just wasn't involved in a church, and which is an important part of your relationship with God. But and I, I we finally went, and the first one was here, so it's crazy. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, we always have our ideas of, like, what God has planned for our lives. And I, yeah. we are always wrong. <laughs> Not always wrong, but a lot of times a lot. there's... <laughs> we're wrong about some part of it and we don't always understand his will. And I think that him giving us this perseverance really helps us find that in the confusion. Do you want to read the next one? Yeah, I'd be happy to. What was it? The shoes wonders well. Okay, great. (laughs) Just has our rights. James chapter one, verse 12 says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. I love that. Yeah, Ruth is a great example of that. Well, not that Boaz was exactly the crown of life, but he was a reward for her perseverance and her faith. Yeah, and, you know, one of our gifts of perseverance is salvation through Jesus Christ. Um, And salvation, for those of you who don't know, means it's him saving us. So we've been saved from whatever we, uh, whatever sin we have on and in us. Yeah. Um, So that is our gift from God, that is the crown of life that we get from Him. We get to live in eternity in relationship with God. Yeah. Which we wouldn't have if we didn't look to Him to give us the strength to persevere. So that's pretty much all that we have for you guys today, but we have one more thing that we want to share with you, and it's kind of a challenge. It is. Our challenge for you this week is to look to see God in the midst of your trials, because in the midst of those trials, God is walking alongside you and will make you stronger on the other side. Yeah. So if you have any questions or anything, please feel free to ask us and comment. Because we do be having a comment section. Like, comment, subscribe. All those things. Um, Also, we have in-person services. And on those Sundays, we have Sunday school. Um, Jess, tell me what your favorite part of coming to youth Sunday school is. My favorite part of coming to youth Sunday school, no lie, is seeing you guys. Yeah. I mean, like, like I'm dead serious. Like, (laughs) I miss you guys. I miss your faces. And I love to just, like, talk and just like what we're doing here. Like, I just love talking about, like, what's going on in the world and how God's working, how God's moving. Yeah. So this is kind of how our Sunday school is set up. So I teach the high school class, and basically I have a topic that we're going to talk about. But it's basically this. We have a conversation, relate with one another, maybe have challenges for one another, play games, stuff like that. Um, And it's really important to us that you guys are here with us um, because if we don't, it's just the two of us talking to each other. That's not always interesting. Um, (laughs) So our next in-person service is on March 14th, and we start Sunday school at 10 o'clock right after this service. We would love to have you guys. you don't need to sign up for anything. You literally just have to show up and we'll be here waiting to talk to you. But if you want to come to church, because we miss you guys at church too, do. the service starts at nine o'clock and um, we've loved seeing all the faces that are here. And we hope to see you guys there too, because we miss you. We do. So please consider coming to church or especially come to Sunday school, at least like come and chill with us. We miss you. Um, And I hope you have a good week. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be back next week with another one. Bye, guys. Bye.